working on our abilities. What we're basically saying as a society is how we present ourselves is the most important thing. And when it's time to perform, well, then that, that is the end-all, be-all. And I think it is important to develop excellence and to, to work on the gifts that God has given us. But here's, here's something that if we're going to actually experience all that God has for our life, we've got to spend a little time developing some grit in our life. Yeah, it's great to have talent, but grit is going to trump talent. In fact, we talked about this big idea last week. Grit is more important than gift. And perseverance, biblically speaking, is more rewarding than performance. But here we are again together. And this week, I wanted to show you how the enemy that Jesus talked about, how he is going to seek to disrupt unity in your life. That's going to be our focus today. We're going to be talking today about the idea of of unity. Do you know how powerful unity really is? Unity is togetherness. It is oneness. It is wholeness. When we talk about unity, we're talking about something that is without fracture or division. Unity is harmony. Unity is singularity. And hear me very clearly today. God, because it is so powerful, God wants unity in our marriages. He wants unity in our families. He wants unity in our relational constructs. He wants unity in our community. And most importantly, he is wanting unity to prevail in our church. And unity is so important that God says that unity actually is the soil. It is the environment where Jeremiah 17 becomes a reality in our life. And he says this in Psalms This big idea, and it's the first one that I want to leave with you here today, and that is God commands blessing at places where there is unity. Unity is the environment where we'll actually get to be fully alive, flourish, and live fulfilled. Look at what the Bible says in Psalms 133. It says, How truly wonderful and delightful it is to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. Indeed, that is where, watch this, that is where unity, that is where God has decreed his blessings are going to be found. In another translation, it says that is where God has commanded the blessing. Unity is how we can ensure that Jeremiah 17 that, that John 10, abundant life, how, how that's going to be, is vital. In fact, the word together appears 469 times in the King James Bible. So as a result, and this is where the rubber meets the road, as a result, this is where Satan 
really brings the fight. Remember, we're talking about how the struggle is real. Because unity is so powerful and so important and such a necessary component for what God is wanting to do in us, through us, and among us, this is where Satan really brings the fight, and this is why unity is always under attack. Think about your own life. Think about your marriage. Think about your family. Think about your friendships. Think about how you relate with people on your job. Think about community here at church. It's always under attack, unity. And Jesus described it like this in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 13, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. Everyone say good seed. He planted good seed in his field. But notice, that night as the workers slept, the enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and then slipped away. And the farmer's workers went to him and they said, Sir, the field where we have been planting all of this good seed is full of weeds. Where did this come from? And the response was, an enemy has done this. An enemy has done this. So here's the thing. What I want to help teach you today is that whenever there is something good beginning in any part of your life, Think relationships, think finances, think faith. Whenever there is something good that is beginning in any part of your life, places where you have intentionally and deliberately planted seeds that are going to result in the thing that is most rewarding for you and things that are rewarding for everyone else connected to it, where you have been planting seeds into places that you're hoping to be fully alive, flourishing, and fulfilled. There is always going to be people trying to cause division. There's going to always be division found, an attempt at division whenever good seed has been planted. And here's how it works. The enemy is going to either use someone else or something else to cause that division, or the enemy is going to try to use you to cause that division. But regardless of who he uses, the point is that the enemy's work is division. You see, division, division is the insertion of a personal motive or agenda that is meant to work against what is the primary goal and objective. And you need to know this because right now, God is at work in your life. You've made some strides these last few weeks, these last few months, and, and You've planted some good seeds, and and you've been doing right things at home with your spouse, with your kids. You've been doing right things on the job. You've You've been really good about planting good seed, 
and, and you're waiting for something that's fruitful and flourishing and abundant, and division's going to pop up somehow, sometime, somewhere. I, I'm thinking about it as well because with our church turning two next week, I mean, two years old, what a miracle. The odds were stacked against us. I moved into this area without knowing anyone, and then we planted our church when nobody was going to church because of all of the COVID stuff. And God has been so good, and we've been busy planting good seeds, creating good culture, seeing God move in good ways. But I also know how the enemy works. I know that whenever good seeds are sown, the enemy wants to cause division. It's not just in the church, it's, it's, in, it's in your life. And you need to know this, because a lot of times the division is, is, is done in a way that tries to make it look as though it's healthy, good, and beneficial. But when we read Matthew chapter number 13... We see this, even though whoever is causing the division, even though they can try to make weeds look like wheat, division is always the work of the devil. It's always the work of the devil. In fact, this is what the scripture says in the book of Ephesians chapter number 4. God's word says, you were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction, so stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all, and everything you are and think and do is permeated with what? The, the, goal, the goal is always... Unity, as people of faith, as the family of God, our goal as individuals, our goal as a, as a family, it is to bring life and peace. It is to be promoters of unity. And as we're reading through what Jesus teaches us, you know, one way to identify the candidate who might be sowing division in our lives and in our situation is just being aware of the one that's not sowing wheat. Because Jesus says, you're going to know people by their fruit. Jesus makes it very clear, you're going to know someone by their fruit. But the fruit, hear me today, the fruit is always the result of the seed that people carry in their hand. So you know if, if people are busy sowing wheat, they don't have time to sow division. Because in Matthew 13, the workers that were planting the wheat, they were doing what God was wanting them to do, but it was when they had taken a moment to rest in the shadow of the night that the enemy came, the enemy who was... And division, division is so destructive. That's why I wanted to highlight it as, as this great struggle that we're going to face 
as, as we're pressing towards all that God has for our life. Division is so destructive. Think with me right now about all of the division that has been happening and that is currently happening in our society. Division is a nasty business, even though, ironically, it's usually carried out with a smile and as a whisper in the shadows and with subversive behaviors. But think about the nature of division. All of the backstabbing, all of the throat cutting, in the end, division holds a bloody sword. It holds a bloody sword. And how does this ever even happen? How do people stop doing God's work and start doing the devil's work? How how do people get sucked up into trying to wreck the things that you've been trying to build in your life? And the answer is very simply this. It's easy to swing a sword when you're not gripping a shovel. Remember this. Shovels can be boring. On to the next, and the next, and the next. Being involved in the work, using the shovel, that that can be very, very tedious. Think about all the, the work that goes into positioning yourself financially strong and your relationships. I mean, we're talking saving, getting out of debt, date nights, rearranging schedules. I mean, we're, we're putting in some work. And it can be boring. It can be tedious. There's that seed planting, and then, and then you're putting the good seed in the ground. And unfortunately, a lot of times, you don't see an immediate fruit. You don't see an immediate harvest. So it's kind of delayed, so you're waiting around like, whoo, I don't know what's going on here. I got my, flower, my wife flowers once these last three months, and she's still not being nicer to me. I don't understand what's happening here. Like there's, there's a delay, a delay in the harvest, and you're like, let's go, let's go, and we're just constantly like working away. But, but Matthew 13 shows us that it results in something that is life-giving, that is fruitful, and that is beneficial. So in our lives, we always are going to have the choice to either be someone of division, someone that's going to be swinging a sword, or we're going to be someone that is all about unity, someone that is using the shovel to produce something that is flourishing and that is fulfilling. Galatians 6 says this, The harvest that you reap reveals the seed that you planted If you plant corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you're going to reap beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. And don't allow yourselves to be weary in planting good seeds for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest that you've planted is coming. And I stand on that promise today for you and what you are doing in your life right now. The strides that you're taking towards getting closer to Jesus, having more of God in your life and in your family, the strides that you're making in your relationships, in your marriage. Look at that promise. The season of reaping the wonderful harvest that you've planted is coming. So it does pay to stay committed to the shovel. But the way that you and I 
The way that we defeat division is not to tolerate it. The way that that we defeat division is making unity an absolute non-negotiable. The way that we defeat division is through what I have entitled this message, and that's called phalanx. Phalanx. If you've seen the movie 300, have we got anybody in here that ever seen the movie 300? About the Spartans taking on the Persians. If you've ever seen the movie 300, you already know what phalanx is. And I've, I've got a picture of it up on the screen to kind of remind you of what it's about. It's a Greek military term where a small group of men will link up on the battlefield, just like you see here. And then they will position their shields and their spears together in such a way that it enables them to maximize their strength, their effectiveness, and their impact. And do you know that while in phalanx, an army of men can fight and can hold their own against a much larger force? And this really is an illustration of what your family and household needs to look like as as you fight for unity in your home. This right here is a picture uh, of all of the financial decision makers in your world, what that needs to look at like when it comes to making financial decisions for you and for your family. This, my friends, is what our church, as we're getting ready to turn two years old, this is what we as a church are needing to look like if we're going to continue to experience the blessings of God and be around to celebrate 32 years from now. This is our goal if we want that blessed, abundant, flourishing life. And, and, and this is the goal, to achieve perfect unity through complete alignment. The power of that, what you just saw, is not that everybody together agree with each other. In fact, unity is not about agreement. Unity is about alignment. And what makes that so powerful is you've got all of these soldiers from different backgrounds, with different perspectives, from different walks of life coming together. And they don't agree about everything, but they have aligned themselves in a way to make them effective and powerful. And that is why alignment is better than agreement. And if your marriage is going to succeed, if if what you're doing at your job is going to succeed, your finances, your your friendships, all of those things, if they're going to succeed, the goal's got to be in each and every one of them, not agreement, because you're not all going to always agree on everything. The goal's got to be alignment. You got to find what are the big picture things. You got to find out what's the vision, what's the mission, what's the purpose, and align yourself around that. And then declare to your spouse, declare to your kids, declare to your friends, declare to the bill collectors, whatever the case may be. You declare to them that we are united in vision, mission, and purpose. And we're going to stay with this thing. We are not going to become divided. Because if we become divided, we'll fall victim to 
whatever battle, whatever struggle, but united, we're going to stand and united, we're going to overcome. And I want to close with this as we stand together all over this place. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. This is what God's word says about how we can overcome division and how we can remain aligned and how we can enjoy unity in the things that we need unity in in our life because remember God commands blessing at the places where there's unity my concern is what I've been praying over this week what I've been praying about regarding you this week is that maybe maybe one of the reasons, maybe the big reason that you're not getting the breakthrough or the blessing that you're looking for and wanting and needing in your life in a certain area is because there's not yet unity there. And today we're going to pray for the Spirit of God to come into this place and do whatever it needs to do to, to bring that unity to life. But look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 10. It says, I urge you, my brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to agree to live in unity with one another and to put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart. Be restored as one united body living in perfect harmony. Form a consistent choreography among yourselves having a common perspective with shared values. That's how you get the unity. That's how you get it. That last piece, it doesn't say get to the point where you all agree about everything. It says form a consistent choreography among yourselves having a common perspective with shared values. Alignment around the things that really matter. And so my prayer today and my heart today as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, my prayer and my heart is that we get unified with one another and that we get aligned with the purposes of God. And ultimately, my prayer is the same prayer that Jesus prayed for us in John chapter number 17. Jesus prayed, make us one. Make us one. Father, as we stand here in this place right now in your, holy, in your holy presence, I'm asking you that you would make us first and foremost, that you would make us one with you. If we are separate from you in any way, if we are going our own way and doing our own thing, we repent, we turn back to you and we come to you because we want oneness with you. We want to walk with you and you walk with us. We want to be in you as you are in us. So we make a fresh start right now. We open up our hearts and our lives and we surrender to you because we see that it's impossible to succeed without being one with you. The enemy wants to divide us from you. The enemy will do everything he can to keep us apart from you but Jesus, you showed how willing you are for oneness and unity with us because you left heaven. You, you left perfection and paradise 
to come into this sinful, fallen world and be brutally murdered on a cross and then rise again after three days to restore relationship with us. So right now, Jesus, we say we turn towards you. We want to be one with you. And God, not only do we want you to make us one with you, we pray that you would make us one with others. God, make us one with our spouses. Make us one with our children. Make us one with our co-workers. Make us one with our brothers and sisters here at Waterview. Make us one with the other people in our subdivision. Make us one in our community. Father, make us one. Bring unity so that your blessing and your goodness can come. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's sing. never failed he will never fail and on that note we're going to enter into our final act of worship together and we're going to close out our time here today by worshiping the Lord through our giving we've worshiped him all day long singing listening through many different expressions of worship and this is our final act of worship and we're going to return our tithe and offering to him ways that you can do that are coming up on the screen But I just want to thank all of you that are new here today, all of our VIPs. Thank you for being with us. And as a reminder, if you'll take that Next Steps card, if you fill it out, if you'll take it to the tent in the lobby, we've got a gift that we want to give you. And then a moment ago when we prayed, if you made a decision to become one with him, to make a fresh start and to give your life to Jesus, we celebrate that with you and we want to help you as you walk out and live out this life of faith. So that same card that's there at your seat, fill it out. Make a note that you made a fresh start. And if you'll take it to the tent in the lobby, we've got a gift for you as well that's going to show you how to make sure that you take advantage of every promise that God has made available for your life. Don't forget next weekend, two-year anniversary, bring somebody with you. We're going to have the best time ever. Go make your life matter. We love you. God bless. Have an awesome week.